You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 127, The Secret Life of Pets, a.k.a. The Snake in My Pantry. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. My name is Mason. Uh, I'll be your, your MC and your ghost host and your chat master today. Actually, I'm in control of the coveted Rotoscopers handle on the YouTube chat. And welcome, welcome to our podcast. Uh, today, I am here with uh, Chelsea Robson and our special guest host, uh, fellow patron and roto writer for the rotoscopers.com, Rachel Wagner. Say hello, hey. Rachel. Hey. Hi. Woohoo. This is the first time <laughs> Rachel has been on the show, and I could have sworn she had been on it uh, before, but because she is such a, a regular member of like the Roto Nation and, and the writing and the website and stuff. So we're, we're super glad to have you and to have your perspective on the show today. Yes. Well, thank we you. Are. I'm really, really honored to be invited. <laughs> All right. Um, I know. Always, always an honor. You get to put that on your resume that you, you co-hosted <laughs> on the on the Rotoscopers. Be like, look, you gotta hire me, okay? It says right here I'm on the Rotoscopers. But anyway, right. um, and Chelsea, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine and dandy, a sour candy. Yeah. So uh, we are the Animation Addicts podcast. We tend to review an animated film every episode. And um, we try to include um, our uh, what we call the Roto Nation, which are uh, our patron subscribers. It's because of them that we can do the video format and that we have nice equipment. So uh, we owe a lot to them. Um, so make sure to make your presence known on the chat um, or you can go to rotoscopers.com slash live. And there's a chat room there as well. We, we check both. And basically, we're like your, your three nerdy animation loving friends. And we're all like sitting on the couch talking about animated films. And what we love about them, um, you know, the the music, the artistic style, the voice actors, everything. We try to cover everything. And so uh, to reintroduce uh, the movie, we are doing The Secret Life of Pets. Came out last week. And uh, I saw it on uh, my birthday, which was Saturday. And spoilers, people. Uh, we're going to do a full review of the film. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, then turn it off and save us for later. We're like... We're like a microwavable bean burrito. You know, you can start us up and then you can kind of leave us alone and we're, we're still good to go, you know? You're so you can consume us at your Way leisure. better than that. Yeah, we're like a, a ground beef chimichanga. <laughs> and y'all are Deadpool who loves chimichanga so much, apparently. <laughs> Well, this was uh, illumina- uh, This was Illumination Entertainment. It yeah. was. Did y'all catch the new? Yeah. Do y'all like that new intro or what? Illumination. <laughs> <laughs> the little minion dude. Okay, I'm as tired as the minions as a lot of people are, but they never fail to get make people laugh when they do that little intro. Yeah, it's true. They never fail. Um, but anyway, we got directors, um, Yaro Chaney and Chris Renaud. I think Chaney, he was a, um, I'll have to double check on IMDb. I think he was like a production manager for some of the other ones. Yeah, he was production designer for, uh, Moi Despicable, Despicable Me, Despicable Me 2 and the Lorax. Um, and so it, it's not uncommon to see people who are on the crew to later take, take a directorial role. 
And then Chris Renaud, who's uh, you know Illumination's golden boy, you know he's their he's their main man. Uh, let's see. Last week came out seventy five million dollars estimated budget, and it's done very well in the box office. We'll see how it does in the long run. But would you guys believe me if I told you that this is the first film to open over a hundred million dollars in the United States that wasn't like a reboot uh, or a sequel or not like based on previously published material. This is an original film, not just animated film. Is the first ever to open over a hundred million dollars in the in the U.S. Wait, so this is is that just for Illumination or in okay. general? In general, I think it's yeah, it's like whoa th- the the film that has made the first to make that much on its opener in the United States. Wow, I I think that's a combination of this being a a truly sucky year uh, as far as. <laughs> A lot of movies have really disappointed people, like Independence Day, and I don't know, just a lot. And also, uh, the fact people love their pets. Yeah. They do love their pets. Really pets do. are such a universal thing, <laughs> except in countries where they eat what we consider to be pets. But, um, you know, maybe they'll find, a, uh, find some enjoyment out of it. There's a lot of animals in this yeah. film. And also, yeah. um, I'm going to let you finish, but I got to... Um, <laughs> um, I, I got to explain to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is having a freak out over here because uh, Morgan is not on. So you'll have to excuse Morgan. Um, she got busy today. And so uh, we had uh, Rachel, who is our awesome writer and has her own podcast, too, and blog. Um, very, She's a very well-read and well-versed um, animation um, addict like us. And so um, she was really nice to take up the role of, um, of third um, co-host today. So... That, that's, no replacement for Morgan, but no hey, I'll, I'll do my best. No one can replace anyone. No one's getting replaced. <laughs> no one is getting Be- replaced. Begin the Toy Story references, right? Right. So Just so far, okay, I'm really bad at reading these box office numbers, but basically before my before I even went there on Saturday, it had um it, it was at 103 million. And so um I don't know. Someone go on box office mojo and look that up for me because I'm too lazy. Wow, that's intense. Can yeah, I-, I just think there's been so many disappointments that people are just yearning for something that looks that looks good. I, I just think that makes them like just anything that that is good. People are like really supporting, yeah, big time. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess yeah, more but, than maybe honestly, some other years. Between between this Finding Dory and The Conjuring Two, you don't really need to see any other films so far this summer. So. Um, can I give all you right. all a report of my theater experience? Don't well, y'all love me? Be- don't before you love we them? do that, before we do, I did want to give the lifetime, total lifetime grosses thus ah, far. Please do, please do. And this is thus far, not the opening weekend. Opening weekend was 104,000, uh, which is quite a bit. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> 104 million, um, dollars and that was ranked number one. And total thus far, it's made over 116 domestic and about 42 million foreign. Yeah, so. yeah. Illumination, specifically anything centered on the minions, does very well in the world, in the world, a foreign market. And so, um, oh yeah, Junkie Jones was putting that on chat uh, also. So thank you, Chelsea Peachy to the punch. Thank you, Chelsea. Um, my expectations were were low going in. But I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I'll start out by saying that. Yeah, I'll say that as well. I wasn't. I, I did have low expectations for these. Um, I, I guess 
I don't know. I don't like having going in with low expectations, but at the same time, sometimes it's just better for everybody if you do. And I felt like this movie, it, I mean, we'll get into details, but I felt like it, it started out good, slowed down and then ended well. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of where I felt in a hole. Yeah. I think, you know, they say the secret to happiness in life is low expectations. (laughs) And, uh, and so I, I, I went into it also with low expectations because I, I am not a fan of the Minions. Sorry. Uh, so, any, so, so they're I, guilty by association? <laughs> yeah, so I have not I, – I, basically, I really hated two of the Illuminations films. I'm not a fan of the Lorax, and I really didn't like Minions. And I think the other – the Despicable Me movies are fine, but I don't love them. Uh, and anyway, so I was going in with pretty low expectations – and I kind of liked it. I thought it was charming. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not like, it's not something that's going to be a masterpiece or, you know, I don't know, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And I, I liked the teaser trailer going into it. So that was kind of encouraging. And, um, yeah, I liked it. Yep. Yep. So I went to a so. 10 20 PM screening. All right. Really? That's late for us. Yeah. Uh, on a like, Saturday I, night. Grandpa we were Mason, fo- are you okay over there? <laughs> Paralyzed. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, uh, so we went to a 10, 10.20 p.m. You know, and once the previews are over, it's like, that puts you at 10.40, like well after midnight when this gets out. So we were fully expecting that we would manage to go to an animated film on opening weekend without encountering whiny children. You know? <laughs> To take a book from Professor Umbridge. I really hate children. Um, but people still manage to bring small children to a movie that wouldn't yeah. finish until after midnight. But, and this is the big but, luckily, as expected, their poor parenting actually made the kids fall asleep because it was so late. <laughs> and they really didn't say anything. In fact, the noisiest person in the theater was this dude sitting next to me who must have been on ecstasy or something because he was laughing at every single thing in the film. Like everything, like a walk cycle, he was laughing at that. And uh, so just my luck, he was sitting right next to me. I'm still in pursuit of the perfect theater experience. Um, so the search is ongoing, you know. I, yes, I see that. <laughs> I had a similar experience at Minions uh, when I saw that. There were people I think were drunk. I really do, because they... You got to go just... into that movie drunk. <laughs> it <laughs> makes it so much better. That is the of happiness yeah. right there, apparently. Think, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Um, but, you know, I had an interesting experience when I saw it. I saw it in the afternoon, and just today, actually, and the kids were moving around so much. And there was even a kid that literally... Because I, I always sit on the end, just in case I have to go to the bathroom or something. I don't want to have to walk over people. Yeah. And... Uh, and a little girl literally came up and sat next to me on the stair. And I and she was <laughs> like, hi. Um, okay. She's like, do you have any candy? Can I have some popcorn? <laughs> no. No, um, kid, like, get your own. But yeah, it's a problem. I, the I don't know. I, I've been wanting on my channel to do a video on theater etiquette because – uh, the worst experience I had was at the Goosebumps movie. I mean, kids were throwing candy and popcorn and elbowing me, and it was just awful. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. Oh, man. So, oh, well. Speak, what are you going to do? You know, okay, so we had uh, the preview. I had the previews for seeing the one that everyone else is playing, and then, uh, and then I was 
very surprised before the movie even began to be blessed with a Minions short. Play out. Let it play through. This is for you, Rachel. This video has now been blocked in 37 different countries because of this. <laughs> Blatant. Nah, nah. It's, it, I, I, I paused it before the 30 second mark. They won't oh, get okay. us. Okay. They won't no. get us. All right. So, plus, our audio was over it. And so they're not going to catch us. Anyway, Rachel, that was specifically for you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, <laughs> oh, that was man. specifically for you because I know that you're so passionate about the minions, and you and <laughs> you and I have been, have many arguments as to uh, whether they're worth whether they're even passable as animation or entertaining. And so I, uh, you know, they, you might as well loosen up the crowd, right? With may, with mayhem humor, I will be the first to admit, minions is fart jokes and slapstick comedy. Like, yeah, there's very little heart. Um, there's very little emotion or stuff to get you emotion, you know, get you, get you sad or happy. It's just laughing. But basically the point of the short to me was mower minions is if you don't like the minions, then you basically hate old people, Rachel, (laughs) nothing else to be said there because all the minions wanted to do was make a buck. In this free, up is my, in this up free is my favorite movie. I, I oh, don't think okay. that you, I can be declared to hating old people. So you do respect the elderly. Okay, I get you. Um, but, you know, they're just trying to earn a buck in this free country of ours, and uh, nothing is else to be said there. So I, I kind of liked that part of it, you know, making the old people happy. I was like, oh, that's pleasant. Um, and then they want the, the very American. They want the bigger one that makes them uh it makes our life even more easier and they can be even more lazy because uh, it's our god-given right to be lazy and um they go out and get even more money <laughs> and so um i thought it was cute there was it, it didn't it went beyond fart jokes it went to poop jokes like literally breathing in yeah. poop fumes <laughs> yeah they went multiple there. multiple poop jokes during that part the guy next to me who was on ecstasy uh, i believe <laughs> Um, just lost it. <laughs> he lost it. And, and I, everyone I around think, him was laughing because he was laughing so hard. I think the old people liked the minions in the short because they couldn't hear. They had their hearing aids oh, weren't working. Well, you're right. Minions is very, is very much visual gags. There's very little dialogue <laughs> because they don't speak dialogue. They have their minionese. Yeah. Uh, we got some we got some minions haters in the chats fearless astrid hofferson says poop jokes are when you can't write humor that's intelligent hmm then what do you call yeah. george of the jungle huh you tell me it's a comedy masterpiece i'm Mwah. liking the chat room right now <laughs> oh junkie jones agrees Sla- oh, ernesto chacon says slapstick rules you know i feel and like they, I- ha- they have their place there's and a lot of people complimenting you on your singing, Chelsea, and, and you haven't even sung anything on this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, nice. y- y'all got to hop down to Rockin' Our Ranch and go get some Pokemon <laughs> while you're at it. Hey, I like slapstick. I mean, I love Looney Tunes so much, but I, I, I just, ah, the Minions, I just, I don't know. They're just not for me. Not for you. Too right. shouty, too dumb. Well, thankfully, we have, a, uh, <laughs> we have the podcast where we can have a civil and open discussion on on things like that 
without being polarized yeah. or triggered. But anyway, yeah. um, so anyway, I don't have much to report on the Mower Minions. It was uh, pretty funny in a very in a purely visual chaotic sense. And but you know what? Even by minion standards, I was a little disappointed in it. Like the minions are they're not just wacky, they're also cute. There's always a little cute minion who's doing something, you know, and I didn't really see them. Then there's always the tall one who's like over over it already and stuff. So I think I maybe they just didn't manage their time. Short films are always harder to make than than full-length films. But don't you feel yeah. like the minions need a need a grew, need a straight kind of man character to kind of bounce off of to be really yeah. funny? Yeah. When it's just them like spazzing out over bananas it's not <laughs> as <right>. funny <laughs> it's yeah, yeah so that you is got a good true, point right? there that is true i think they could have utilized the older the old people in this a little better the geriatric ward um because that would have been it would have kept things kind of like what's going on they did yeah. have a little bit of that in there but yeah. or even just like a random kid just looking at you like what are you doing yeah I will say this, Chelsea, Rachel, mm-hmm. I was worried about this one. Not the short. I knew what I was getting into. But uh, Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. I loved the teaser trailer. I, I wanted the full-length film. I wanted yeah. the full-length film to just be these um, loosely related vignettes of the dog, of the animals just doing stuff. Um, and I thought the film would have been perfect and, and kind of avant-garde if it portrayed in that kind of format. But when I <laughs> saw the new trailers involving like the search and rescue, the kind of... Um, the Woody Buzz Lightyear plot, but with dogs. Um, I say that trily because I don't totally agree, but it, it did have that in there. But I thought it was going to be something a little contrived. But you know what? I loved this film. And I don't, really? you know, I like animation. This one I loved. And I loved it because it was just so bright and positive, And I never stopped smiling during the whole thing. Maybe because the dude next to me who had obviously taken ecstasy wouldn't stop laughing at everything. <laughs> but it was just too cute. Everything from the colors to um, to the the way that they made it uh, a pretty much all star star studded cast without annoying me to death uh, personally IMO um, I thought it was a super cute movie and I was very uh, very just happy during the whole thing that was my okay. first impression I came out of the theater smiling all right so there was a point for me where at the very beginning I was so I was into this and I felt like I, every little bit of it, I felt like there was, okay, I get it. I get what's going on. I'm, I'm into it. But the moment the people left the story. Oh yeah. That's where things just slowed down a lot for me. And yeah, but it's a secret life of pets, not pet owners. I mean, that's early on. If you had a problem when the people left, that's, it's very true. It is very, movie. it is very early on. But I think that that was one of the things like it, it stay, it kept momentum for a while up until about the cat chase scene. And that was like, obviously the very beginning. <laughs> um, but I felt like there were a lot of, and I don't want to come off as being just super down about this movie because by the end of the movie, I felt like it left you feeling really just Oh, how do I say? Basically for, you know, a pet lover in general will really like this film. And I think that's another reason why is because pet lovers like movies that justify their loves of pets. So once again, they're going to love this film because at the very end, it ties it up and you just see all these pets in the windows and you're like, wow, 
we have a lot of pets in our culture, <laughs> but yeah. you like have these warm feelings and I'm a pet owner. I'm a pet person and I've had cats, I've had dogs and pets in general. And so it's like, I've, I can feel that. Um, so in the end, I felt like I left happy and I felt like I left well, but it was, there was just some, a lot of mix ups for me in the middle. Mix ups, huh? Yeah. <laughs> mix ups. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, I went into it with really low expectations and I left feeling like it was a cute little movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I think that for me, the underbelly sections didn't really work that well. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> the gangsta extremist pets. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just not that big of a Kevin Hart fan, even in voiceover, <laughs> I'm afraid. And, oh, man. I got some, I got some comments on him, man. And I do agree that I think if they had worked Katie into the story, I think that it would have given it an emotional heft. If she had been shown missing her dogs, that would have really been, especially for dog owners, which I am not, I have to say out front, I yeah. I am not a pet owner. We've got a My, non-pet um, owner, folks. Yeah. Ooh. Alert, My, alert. Them's fighting words. <laughs> No, I, I respect pets. They're fine. But my <laughs> brother and sister are both violently allergic to all animals with fur and feathers. So all right, if, all I want, right. if, if I want them to visit, I can't own a, a pet. So, uh, so but yeah, so I, I can't relate to it on that kind of an emotional level. But I think they if they had incorporated her missing her pets, I think that would have added to the story a lot. And I I did feel like at the end, them trying to the parts with the former owner of Duke. Oh yeah. I felt that was a miss and I think they were trying to give emotion, but it just, it didn't work. That was rushed. But overall. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. Good. I'm glad you liked it. So, so the cast, the cast for me was a very interesting thing. It's cause it's huge and star studded like macho man, Randy Savage's Cape, you know? <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> It's a strange. It's this strange mix of celebrities that are basically playing themselves versus celebrities yeah. that are inventing a character. And one of the ones that invented the character was, was of course, Pops, played by Dana Carvey. He made me lose it with one line. <laughs> How you been, Pops? Paralyzed. <laughs> I was just like, Whoa. see, oh man, he. I felt like his his character was good, but I didn't like Dana Carvey in this in his par this. One, I just oh come on! What were you expecting like out his... of an old basset hound? <laughs> well, no, I felt like he didn't sound old enough. Like was it just me? I just felt like he was. It was just he didn't sound old. He just sounded like he was trying to be old. I don't know. I I feel like I'm gonna be like knocking this movie a lot, and I don't want to be. And I'm sorry, but all that's right, just right. what I'm gonna I, be doing. I like pops, and I liked his 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 relationship with Chloe. Chloe, I thought in general was hilarious. I, yeah. I really like. I'm not a Jenny Slate fan, but I'm not a Jenny Slate fan. But she really uh, takes it up a notch in her animated roles. Wait, isn't Jenny Slate Gidget? Then what were you talking about? Oh, Chloe. Chloe, Chloe was, was a um, cat. Chloe was that, that was great that? cat. Yeah, I know who I was think she. It was Maya by? Rudolph, but I could be nah, wrong. It's someone who looks like her. You would think because Maya Rudolph, she has, she literally has a time turner so that she can make it into all these animated films. <laughs> you are thinking of Lake Bell. Ah, sorry about that. She actually starred in a weird kind of pseudo drama thing about voice acting. I don't know. It's called In a World. Oh yeah, I see that. Anyway, I thought she was really funny. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I like those kind of 
disdainful character sometimes. <laughs> I am a cat person, and I totally uh, agree and relate to Chloe's yeah. uh, attitude about things. Sometimes, I'm more of a cat person myself. And in my opinion, everybody wants to be a cat. Because the cat's the only, the only cat. cat. Who knows where it's at? Oh, that was the best karaoke ever. And it also got us banned from several countries. It did, but yes. Anyway, it did. <laughs> uh, Eric Stone Street as Duke, the oversized, you know, shaggy dog, His much like my fit. own hair. Oh, you know what? He was nigh unrucognizable to me because I'm so used to him, like, in, in his more flamboyant roles. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting. I think he kind of had this, like, I don't know who he reminded me of, but I, inst- I recognized him, and I was like, whoa, that's Eric Stone Street. Um, but um, it, it took me a while. Definitely took me a while. All right. We, yeah. we got to let the elephant, and I mean bunny, into the room, and that is Snowball, <laughs> played by the ever-energetic Kevin Hart. He does not need to invent a character because Kevin Hart is already a character. He is like already me. a character. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, okay, I, I thought I was going to, co- judging by the previews, the more theatrical previews, I thought I was going to hate this little guy, but somehow, to me, to Mason, they actually managed to make Kevin Hart not annoying, and, and I watched the roast of Justin Bieber. I know what Kevin Hart is at his most annoying. And, um... <laughs> My boy, Ricky. <laughs> I love all his lines. They're just so ridiculous. Now, I recently saw Central Intelligence with Kevin Hart. And really? I thought that, yeah. And I actually really thought it was funny, believe it or not. Um, he's kind of, I like him better as sort of the straight man. Uh, the And Rock, The Rock was kind of the eccentric one, which was sort of subverting what you'd expect. Interesting. Uh, and uh, it's not like a masterpiece, but it made me laugh. And uh Anyway, uh, and oh man, I yeah, I can't go with you on this one. I thought he was really shouty, and just... <laughs> shouty. And boy, do they have to push that facial rig for him for that for his animation performance because he's so nuanced, and he's got these. Um, it it would it it wouldn't nuanced, do it justice. Huh? It wouldn't do it justice. Yeah, yeah. They pick up on every inflection, and um, when he's like, he's like, oh man, you're talking about the blender, are you? You're talking about the blender <laughs> and all that <laughs> stuff, and it just um, I, you know, I, I'd love to actually learn more about his performance to see like how much improv he did, or if they wrote lines specifically specifically for him, because you know sometimes that stuff takes like sixty takes to get right. You know, yeah. uh, that's an exaggeration. That's like no, that's sometimes like it something does. They, well, that's something they did. Uh, Christopher Knights did one time for the, mm-hmm. the Penguins movie for just one line, and um, but anyway, I I thought that Snowball was cool. He was. Not an effective villain, because I don't think in the end he was supposed to be a villain. He was just supposed to be this kind of minor antagonist. But the thing about these pets is that they, they switch loyalties very quickly. Or they uh, or rather, they have this like common thread of loyalty. Like, Duke at first hates Max. Um, no, at first Duke is like, that, whatever. Well, he's at first whatever, then he hates Max and wants to get rid of him because it's like a, uh, you know, it's either you or me kind of mentality, because he, he, he thinks that you know, he knows that Max is trying to get rid of him, and that's selfish of Max. And I'll get into that. <laughs> that later. is selfish. But as soon as the dog catchers show up, he's like, "Oh no, uh, run from them! I will save you! I will help you!" You know, and he helps him get out of the sewer. When I don't know that to me, there's never this really this moment where Max and Duke really came to terms. I think they attempted to do that yeah. with Duke's old owner, but there's never like Max was a real jerk. Like he was really trying to get rid of him. And there was never this moment, like in Toy Story, for example, where they had 
an understanding and they decided to stick together. It was kind All of right. this common, like, enemy of my enemy is my friend. What did y'all think about that? This has actually been going around quite a bit on the interwebs. On my earlier review I posted a couple days ago, um, I mentioned something briefly about Toy Story, and then there are like three or four comments on that video alone that said, I can't believe it's basically Toy Story just with animals. And I can see that. I definitely can see that. And I can definitely see that it didn't quite... It didn't quite hit the notes that Toy Story did as far as character development. I felt like there was a, they depended a lot on visual gags and visual um, just things going on uh, for a lot of their story instead of actually doing like great story development and character hmm. development. Hmm. And it's really hard, especially coming out of we just saw Finding Dory. And even Finding Dory had such great character development in it. And it wasn't it didn't hit quite the the level of the original, but it was still right at par, I would say, as what Pixar tends to put out. And so I feel like it's like good on Pixar for being so consistent. But at the same time, it's like, man, it's hard for anybody else if you're not going to hit those notes. And it just leaves you wanting this. Like me, I feel like every animated movie should be like that. I should feel the feels. I should feel like I'm invested in a character. Any movie, I feel like I should feel like that. And so I, yeah. I just felt like that was, um, it didn't, it tried for an emotional pull with the whole Duke's, finding Duke's family type thing, but it didn't quite. It, the balance it, kind of, it just got kind of a little jumbled you know yeah they should have done they should have done um a, a moment where duke was like you don't understand uh jenny was my was my whole world and then it goes <laughs> off to a montage when somebody <laughs> loves you everything was beautiful <laughs> I don't well, know why I, I went to Goofy voice for that why, one. Why in Goofy voice <laughs> yeah, of all voices? Because he's, he's a dog, now... right? Isn't he kind of close to a dog? <laughs> yeah. oh, well, man. I just think Illumination is sometimes afraid to let their movies be quiet and uh, you know allow for like a real conversation and a real moment. Even with the villain, like allow uh, kind of a backstory or uh, I don't know, it's just kind of shouty to me and I think that it would be more effective all around if there were just a few more sort of let's calm down, you know, let's. And I, I think that it also would have worked a little bit better if Duke had been a little bit more likable on his entrance, because the thing about Buzz and Woody hates Buzz because everybody likes him so much. Yeah. Mm. And and with Duke, he's kind of a, he's kind of not really allowed to be shown as being sort of a likable dog. It's true. And, That's a true uh, and so, you know, maybe if it like the dog walkers, like Duke had been the big hit amongst all the other dogs or something like that, like that might have worked. And that's like the worst dog walker <laughs> ever, you know? And, uh, but you know, they, they did, I thought that a lot of the visual gags worked and yeah, I didn't say they didn't work. And, yeah. It, it kind of it made me laugh and I uh, and I thought it yeah like I said it was sort of a fun adventure but yeah I think if they had just given a little bit more time to breathe it might have been a little better. Mm -hmm. mm, so just a little little time to breathe. <laughs> oh and then um, 
One of the voices that I thought was really creepy was Albert Brooks as Tiberius, the, the that hawk was or weird. pigeon, the falcon. That whole character was very odd, I thought. Just he close your like... eyes and think of a really creepy Marlin. <laughs> yeah. The whole design of him, I just thought, didn't fit with the visual feel of the rest of the movie to me. But I, I, I liked his vocal performance okay. It was definitely weird, yeah, coming off of Finding Dory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, he was, he was really creepy. And he was a he creepy was character. He was super creepy. And then the yeah. fact that he's just like, I'm always about to eat you. <laughs> it's just like, why would you want to, that to be your friend? Nah, nah, Gidget. Gidget fixed him up. Um, For, one thing I, oh, speaking of Gidget, I loved Gidget. I thought she was hilarious. She and yeah. she was What's so What's wrong, cute. Maria? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so She's, funny. She's like prancing around and being really excited. <laughs> Oh, I love at the end when she meets up with Max at the end and her tail's like going like, she's like, hey, play it cool. Play it cool back there. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I thought it. she was so cute. I, I really liked her. Yeah. And Jenny Slate's got a great voice when it comes to, um, when it comes to these animated films. Like she really ramps up the uh, the intensity and, and stuff and she, she makes for very adorable characters. Um, I thought, I thought what, what I liked about this film was that there are a lot of pet-isms like, Pet owners, not like you could relate, Rachel, but pet actual pet owners like our elitist selves. Um, they there are so many petisms that you can recognize, like, and I'm sure obviously you would, anybody would recognize, like uh, when Duke uh, starts threatening Max, and then when he barks, Max gives the submission signal. Um, <laughs> when dogs roll up on their belly, that means they're submitting to you as alpha. Oh, okay, it's true, um, but it also means they want you to rub their tummy. Yeah. Cat, cats, on the other hand, they're like, come on, rub my tummy, rub my tummy. And you start rubbing their tummy, and they bite you. They're like, no, okay, stop, stop. Okay, rub my tummy. <laughs> okay, okay stop, 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 stop. Okay, rub my tummy some more. So they're a little more nuanced than dogs who are very simple on how they love you unconditionally. Cats are like, mm, no, there's a there's infinite number of conditions to my love for you. So. There's I'm saying line. this to you because, because I'm your friend, but I'm not interested, and I don't care. It's true. I did like how they had lots of different kinds of pets. I thought that was creative. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the mm -hmm. message that that some pets aren't appropriate to have because then you'll just get rid of them when they get too big or when, mm. uh, you know, like the pig, it was like, oh, I was at a tattoo parlor uh. until they ran out of room, you know, <laughs> and they, they threw them out when they got rid of all the all the space to, to make to practice tattoos on them. And uh, but I, I liked how there's this kind of this message of like, and it goes along with Finding Dory, um, their campaign about the blue tang. It's that, um, look, just because you see these um, in the movies or in animation doesn't mean that they make good pets. Some t someday that that 48-inch um, python will turn into a 4-foot python. Um, wait, that is 4, that is four feet. Well, yeah. It'll turn into like an 8-foot python or a 12-foot or a python. <laughs> and uh, it'll moita you. And, uh, you know... Pigs, they require a whole new set of skills to take care of than a dog, you know? Although I've heard they're quite similar and, and probably more intelligent. But um, <laughs> I, it's just kind of this message about, like, the misfit, downcast animals. Um, you, you know, where do you think they go when you get rid of them, you know? And, um, and so in that way, Snowball's little revolution is sort of justified to me. But he's also kind of a weak villain because he never really has this, like, diabolical plot to destroy all humans, you know? It's not like, uh, what was that movie, Cats vs. Dogs or anything, where the cat <laughs> is trying to, like, detonate a bomb or something. <laughs> he's like a straight-up terrorist. <laughs> this, Snowball's just a wannabe extremist. 
He's just been he's just been scarred. Well, well he, he has that plan. You oh, know, he does have the, the plan. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. I love it. Uh, I think I think his whole shtick was that he's like he's supposed to be cute, but he's got this very twisted evil mind. And uh, I I did like the vigil he had the the um oh for his friend oh for the the viper that was funny oh and for the Ricky duck. yeah <laughs> my boy Ricky my boy. yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty good. So the revolution, like, you know, the whole message there is that if you don't keep, intend to keep your pets and take care of them forever, they will go join an underground revolution and they will become extremists and they will come after you. This is uh, how they, it, the system works. They will they will learn to drive and they will cause massive accidents. Um, Fish do it too. Yeah, yeah. I just felt the underbelly section became kind of generic where I felt the secret life of pets part was really fun and different and, right. and yeah. more creative. And it, and it got so far fetched. Yeah. It's like, I believe that they're doing all these funny things when I'm gone, but I don't believe this like underground society of mole people animals, you know? Yeah. And who would ever think we'd have two movies in, in like two months where animals drive cars. Oh, that's, that's right. True. That's true. You know, it, it can happen. <laughs> yeah. Good thing there were no monkeys in this movie. They would have just... <laughs> it would have been Planet of the Apes all over again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, I also reminded me a bit of um, Flushed Away. If you've ever yeah. Seen. Oh, Flushed, Flushed Away. Underbelly. Yeah. yeah. Flushed Away, yeah. But I think Flushed Away is a little funnier. But... Wow, really? Yeah, I do. Ardman, I love their humor. All right, all right, all right, all right. But, uh, but yeah, it, I mean, I... Nice, nice. Okay. Did you see any of your pets that you've had, Mason, in this film? Well, we do have a shaggy dog, and we we did have a really fat cat, and we take care of a few fat cats um, at my uh, my folks' my in laws' house. Um, but uh, you know, you, you can see their mannerisms, and oh, we we have had a dachshund. Uh, my our okay. family has, and so um, my pets were very well represented. Um, I had a buddy, my best friend, growing up had an iguana. And uh, those things are freaky. Um, one girl in my school had a snake. Uh, don't know anyone who had a pig except for meat purposes. Uh, in the I like s- that guinea pig. That oh, was the guinea pig was like that just gets very, clu- very clueless and optimistic about everything. Yeah. Did I have I ever told the my state my snake <clears throat> got lost in my house story? That sounds like the premise to an awesome story. <laughs> <laughs> so we had this. He was at almost. Five feet, five and a half feet long Whoa. boa constrictor. How do you miss something like that? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, so we had this giant, and he was in one of those giant uh, cages that we'd built for him. Um, but what, what what happened? Oh, every once in a while, I just thought it was fun to, like, take him out and let him, like, climb over some of the, like, fake trees that we have. Ooh, and I forgot to put habitat. him back. <laughs> so I forgot to put him back, and I go over there, and I'm like, Huh, where'd he go? I don't know. And so there was kind of like, what? I thought for a while that I was like, okay, he probably got out somehow. Like, I don't know. Cause there was like, or at the time, like we had just put in this door that didn't have a door handle yet. And so I was like, he probably got out the door handle hole. And I was like, crap, where'd the snake go? Oh my and it was at least a week, at least a week before I found him as I opened up the door to go into our pantry and he was wrapped around one of the one of the shelves and his head 
was about the length of my arm out just floating in the air from where he was wrapped and it was right at my face no thank you no thank you (laughs) so i open up the door and i walk in and it's like right here i'm like oh my gosh oh hey how's it going hey you haven't fed me in a while (laughs) oh i was like well glad we found you this time so i was able to put him away and we ended up going and headed feeding him which again that's is, disgusting wow we that's what I, I i don't think we had a mouse problem but maybe we did and he solved it so i was happy about it holy cow wow that was snakes, my... man why does it have to be snakes <laughs> i think i would pass out if that happened <laughs> i would punch it, was... it i would punch it that would be my first instinct and then our friendship would be over our friendship would be over. Well, the thing is, like, I guess we had had the snake for so long that it, there was no... I have no fear of snakes whatsoever. Mice, I do not like mice at all. But oh, I no. like snakes. And, like, to be able to pull... Like, I just pulled them off and put them back and held, held, held them around for a while. So, I mean, it was like, welcome back, honey. <laughs> of course. Snakes, man. Okay, snakes. so... <laughs> I don't know how to be Can snakes. we talk about the... Uh... <clears throat> Can we talk about the sausage vision quest thing? The sausage mon- montage? That was... It's a sausage fest before sausage fest. Like, they beat them to the oh, punch. Oh, yeah. Seth yeah. Rogen can go home sausage now. Sausage party. Um, I, I kinda, uh, you didn't like it? I feel like I feel like now with Illumination, these are, like, expected now. We have to have these elaborate dance numbers of small pill-shaped um, CG <laughs> objects. I guess I like things that are like insanely random, and that seemed it was insanely, insanely random, random to me. And so I kind of dug it. I don't know; it was getting sort of boring to me. So yeah, kind of. It was that was a part where I was kind of bored, but the sausage part bored you. Well, up until that, and even at that part, it didn't help. It was but. weird. <laughs> you know, from an effects standpoint, it was probably pretty cool to do, but. Um, I don't know, man. I thought. I mean, it, it was kind of cute. I get it. Um, I don't know. I guess that was their moment when they needed to like bond. You know, yeah. after that, they kind of they're in their sausage stupor and they're like, "Man, you're all right." Yeah. You know, right. Like, yeah, you're cool, man. Yeah, and that didn't really feel completely earned, but <laughs> I don't know. It was just weird enough that I, I kind of thought it was okay. Yeah. Oh, man, them's fighting words here on the chat. Fearless Astrid Hofferson says, Sausage Party looks like a slightly upgraded food fight. I wouldn't go that far. Have you seen Food Fight? (laughs) I won't even see that. I still stand by the fact that Food Fight had a cool premise. Yeah, you get all of the major mascots out there to come together and to have some type of something go on. I thought that was a cool premise, but it killed it. Anything can be done with good writing, but I haven't seen Food Fight. I haven't put myself through that yet, but... Dude, we should do a live commentary on it. It would be fun. What are they going to do, sue us for a movie that that made nothing? That made (laughs) negative money? Maybe. We just keep the sound out of it, and you just have our voices, and then ask... You tell people to turn on their... them watch it at the same time. Yeah. So then they get it. Yeah, I get gotcha. you. Anyway. Oh, so yeah, that here, would be fun. Here's one thing I that confused me a little bit about the film. Maybe maybe one of the major negative things that I found with it. Um, and I and I did enjoy this film overall, so I, I would give it a pretty high rating. I don't know yet, but I will arrive at the number when I come to it. Was 
it's a film about pets, right? And right. besides them talking and occasionally driving a car, it's not like they're anthropomorphic or anything. Like they are very much uh, animals, right? And so there's realism in that sense, but there's also this highly, um, there's also this kind of highly cartoony aspect to it. But at the same time, they get into some the pets get into some really harrowing situations. Like, what was the viper gonna do to Max? Like, was it gonna bite him? Like, and like, also Duke leaves Max in a trash can, which in rural areas that's like a death sentence. Of course, someone might come find him in a busy place like New York, but like, you don't just throw a dog in a garbage can unless you want it to die. And then uh, the whole drowning mm-hmm. part at the end, and various other um, moments where, um, where they were near certain death, and I was like. Hmm. I I'm not bothered by I'm I'm not bothered by this, but I'm I wonder about um children who might be bothered seeing something like this, whose pet maybe did die or maybe they know someone who got bitten by a snake. And I'm not trying to be the overprotective parent, but maybe a devil's advocate for like what if the situations they were put in cross the line from cartoony to a little too real? But because of the cartoony treatment, we were all okay with it. Plus mm-hmm. like who who really thought that any animals were gonna die in this film? Not me. Well, the the snake died, but yeah, oh, I. Yeah. I um... But he he doesn't count. You'd have to be crazy to own a snake and love a snake. <laughs> have him in your pantry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I have heard actually some complaints about the darker tone, and I. Now it's no me. all dogs go to heaven. It's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no guns going off. Yeah, it didn't bother me, the darker tone, but then I'm not a pet owner, so that may be part of it. I I, I do think it's kind of weird that, like, the owner was just dead. And that, I don't know, that's just sort of weird. Oh, that, yeah, that's that. That's not really, it's like, oh, and we got to get out of here, because there's these other new people here that are horrible. Oh, yeah. I don't know, that, that was sort of strange. They're not horrible, they just... You you never you never act friendly towards a dog a big dog who's barking at you that you don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because, Especially me. Because in they, the end, um, I guess it was the cat animals. that was terrible. The new cat. It's like Mr. Big said in the end, we're all animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I think the kids can take it. I mean, I I, I saw really think it. they can. It's if they can handle Jungle Book, which I think is way scarier. Dude. Lots of jumps. Then they can handle Khan, man. He's awesome. Trust yeah. in me. I thought that. Um, Trust in me. Well, that that's Ka. Also, you're singing um. it like a flapper girl from the twenties. I like it. <laughs> Close your eyes and trust in me. Yeah, Shere Khan, you should sing a um. We are friends. We oh, are yeah. Friends. That's what friends. I can't even do it. It's like oh. my voice is too not manly to do that. Oh. Yeah. You know what I want to see? Mini tangent. I want to see uh, Chelsea in um, Prohibition era garb um, out on a stage singing Trust in Me. And then a rousing, yeah. a rousing uh, round of that song from... Um, from the great mouse detective. Ah yes, yes. The mouse, the mouse stripper song. I love it's that song. That. So great. There's no stripping in the great mouse detective. There is. 
She's not stripping. She's not, just... She starts out with lots of clothes and she ends up with not very many clothes. Oh. <laughs> well. That's just called Star Wars Episode 2. <laughs> Padme loses layer after layer in that film and no one cared. Oh, um, dear. If you're, if you're using an Episode 2 to defend a film, that's not a good sign. You know me. <laughs> Apparently, ah. Ernesto Chacon can back me up and fill in for the... <laughs> Sheer Khan's note, epic low note on there. I don't know how <laughs> people do it. Do you go to like a voice school to like? Do you kind of stretch your vocal cords? No, is you it have hereditary? To be born with that. Will I, yeah, will I ever get that baritone voice? Example, uh, Mariah Carey. A... She the reason why she can sing so high is because she's oh, there's the note. There's, no, but she's got something the that's note. not the same as normal people. You mean like, she's got all Jolly Rancher lodged in her throat for the past twelve <laughs> years? That's how she something did it. like that, like. I I don't know the exact story, so do not be throwing a whole bunch of quotes in there saying, "Oh my gosh, Chelsea, you were wrong." But there was there's something happened in her childhood somewhere or something I don't know where a doctor basically said, "Okay, you're not like your something is not the same with your voice vocal cords as with others," and that is why she is able to hit those notes. So that is why this man was able to hit those notes. He was just born with it, honey. Just wow. born with it. Wow. Sheer con, man. What a what a man. Just like my man Ricky. <laughs> but um I was speaking of music, I actually really liked all the music in and I did not like music? the music in uh, in Minions. I, I liked the songs, you got me wrong, but I didn't like the fact that the way they used them I thought was weird. But in this, I thought that I thought the cues were really funny and I thought they actually worked and I liked the score. I thought it was pretty good. Cool. Is so. Does Illumination have a goal to put the song "Happy" into every one of their films? <laughs> was that in this film? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, you're kidding! I mean, just yeah, for it was, a, in a car. It was just like a, a 10 second clip of it, but it was there. And I'm All thinking right, maybe right. they didn't. Maybe they just didn't feel like they they paid extra. Uh, maybe they got Pharrell a deal at the beginning on the yeah. Maybe they got a deal <laughs> for like 10 years. And they're deal. like, well, we might as well use it. <laughs> yeah, I think they have the rights to it, so they were like, like we didn't use it. up all of the time that we were given for the other movies, so we'll just do it for this one. But the score was by Alexander Desplat, and I liked it. I thought it was really good. So I haven't listened to it on its own, so I'll have to go back and listen to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I did. I I appreciated the um, the different pop songs that they put in here. Um, I wouldn't know. I don't listen to the radio. Well, I mean, they had Welcome to New York from Taylor Swift on there, which is always a good song. I like it. It's a good song. Has she ever been to New York? Yeah, she lives there. Okay. Because uh, well, I know her right. so well. Oh, hey, I didn't speaking... even know all the songs, but I still, I just thought they were funny and worked as opposed to um, them just kind of being there. Yeah. 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 I thought they were yeah. funny. And it was also interesting that they didn't dedicate the music score to an entire um to Person. an entire uh, decade, like how Minions yeah. really, really pushed the classic rock from like the 60s and 70s. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, they were in that era. Yeah. And um, but anyway, speaking of New York, uh, I thought this film really managed to paint New York in an unrealistic but beautiful light. It was a very <laughs> cheery, sunny, colorful version of New York City. Yeah. Yeah. And Brooklyn. That's... Everybody's going to Brooklyn. <laughs> I, we're not talking about some hipster real estate trend. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. I, I think it is the best animated depiction of New York City. 
throwing that out there. I think it's better than Oliver and Company. I was going to say, I mean, even better than Oliver? Come on now. Yeah, I do. Even though I I like that film artistically. But I don't know. I thought it was really beautiful. I thought the skylines and the, and the, I liked the look of the buildings. I thought they looked cool. They looked beautiful. uh, Yeah. The cityscapes and, uh, yeah, I liked it. Yep. Yep. Um, it's no San Francisco, but I, I thought it was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that first establishing shot going through, like, the city was really great. Like, you've got, um, you know, of course, a lot of that stuff these days is procedural, which is where you just run an algorithm to build your city for you. Um, and then, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I was very impressed from from the shot. And then it... Uh, Oh, what else did I like about it? I don't know. It was just it was just a really cool and it was just a well done environment. Now there wasn't a lot of effects or anything, like the animals pretty much just walk around and talk. And um and that's pretty much what drives the comedy and story. So um oh mm-hmm. and for anyone who's gone to I don't know, maybe they do this for other theaters, but I know for Cinemark they had like a little spot where uh you get your Cinemark gift card and and there's this little short where Max runs around and and the city trying to get the gift card that was stolen by a pigeon. And that had more action than in this movie. Was this available in 3D? I didn't see it in it 3D. It was, yes. I did oh, see PG. it in 3D. Oh, how was that? It's good. 3D. Yeah. Thing is, with animated movies, I feel like in 3D, generally, I've never... I don't remember a movie where I can say, oh, that hurt my eyes or that hurt my head, which kind of happens with a lot of live action ones for me when they try to do 3D. It's just like too much going on. Um, but this one, they just they do a really good job of adding the multi-plane camera feel. So it just feels more like that. Uh, multi-plane, yeah. So mm-hmm. I liked I like going to animated movies in 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So overall, uh, like I said, like I had a very positive experience going into the film. Um, of, like, of course it wasn't perfect. Like, of course it didn't have the best, like, renderer and, and, you know, animators. Although I, I really do like Illumination's animation. Like, if you take away the driving force behind the story, like all the mayhem humor and, and poop jokes, like, their animation is very, um, very exact and very clear. And, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's entertaining. Like, I, I feel like their animators have really got it down and, um. I didn't feel like there was a bad animation performance in the film. There was just, you know, there's probably just technical limitations because Illumination is not as far along as as other of the of the giants. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or rather, not really the giants because uh, I mean, DreamWorks only has like 2,800 employees. But Disney has a, a, an entire army. Um, it's pretty impressive, seventy-five million. I, I I thought it looked good. I I, I guess I don't I don't know those what rendering the, technicalities. What was the budget for? Uh, I know they produced they produced minions for less than they produced Despicable Me two. Let's see, the budget for minions was seventy-four million. So this was only slightly more expensive than Secret Life of Pets, and I don't think they're I don't think they. Like, what kind of merchandise do you market for this film, you know? Oh, lots. Really? I, yeah, yeah. Have you walked around? Yeah, have you walked around Walmart lately? I did. I had no, to buy, I I had to buy a river to. tube. In fact, in my theater, <laughs> nice. that you could buy um, Beanie Babies of all the characters. Really? Oh, okay. So wow. there yeah. is some, yeah, there is some lots, merchandising. Lots of merchandising going along with this. Beanie and Babies also, would actually be kind of fun if yeah. people still liked them 
you know, obviously there's some people that still collect them, but you know, they'd be kind of cool to have them. I still in. have my collection. Have I added yeah. to it since I was 12? Not a single one, but I still have that collection. Yeah, there you go. I still, yeah, I, I still laugh cute. at the at the be a good boy, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> a little system I, I think, of a down. I don't see how they're gonna use it in the um, uh, in Universal Studios and things like that. Like, it seems like it'd be a weird looking mascot to take oh. pictures, a character. It just reminds think? me of um, a giant dog. Well, it just reminds me of a hundred. We had there was a quote on the podcast at one point in time where Mason was said. It's always Mason that says the funny things. So I'll give you that. <laughs> but he was like, wouldn't it be great if they had like just real life uh, Dalmatians running through the parks for 101 Dalmatians? Yeah, They're just go. like going everywhere. <laughs> I was like, that's what this would be. Yeah. Just have a cat just being like, ew. So anyway, it, it resolves pretty quickly. All in a day's work for, uh, for Max and the gang. Everybody gets home safely. The end. And the owners don't even know what's going on. Yeah, Katie and, gets uh, back and Yeah, yeah. And uh, she doesn't even notice they don't have their collars. I thought maybe she might be like, true. Where are your collars? That's yeah. true. Well maybe this maybe the sequel is the quest to find their collars because they're imbued <laughs> with magical powers. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. <laughs> I liked the uh I liked the party that they had at the end. Did anyone else catch the Andrew WK in the end? He's a he's a famous Andrew WK. He was a he's a famous New Yorker. He's a he's like a rock musician. Oh, All his no. songs are about partying. Oh, well, there his you first go. album was there called his first album was called it's it's uh what's it called it's called part his first album was called party oh no his his first album was called I get wet but um the tracks were like it's time to party party hard party till you puke party 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 like wow yeah party 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 was a special track he did for um. Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but all of his songs are about partying. Wow. Sounds like a fun guy. Yeah, Sounds he like is a, a fun guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I totally it enjoyed film. it. I thought it was fun, and I thought it was positive, and that's actually what I've come to expect from Illumination. I haven't seen the Lorax. I don't plan to, so um, I'll just say that all the ones that I have seen from Illumination have been really positive. I've always liked Illuminations. Uh, they've, they've always done a really good job, I think. Um, well, I mean, in general, with creating quality products. I think they're solid. Yeah, they do a solid job. Maybe not everyone likes their films like uh, you know, like Pixar or Disney. They're not maybe they're not universally loved. Right. Um, but I, universe, I think that they're solid. I think that they've they have moved forward as far as like trying to create a brand. Because Pixar they have created a brand. They have created this uh, something to expect, an expectation. Disney for sure has an expectation. And Nobody else really has a clear shot expectation, but I think that they're starting to get one. Um, DreamWorks. You think more than DreamWorks? I think DreamWorks has an expectation-ish, but not as concise as the other two. I feel like DreamWorks, because they've they've had such a range of films, they haven't had like a one-two punch. It's like when somebody comes out with a really good album, you know, they have to have their first and second songs being the big ones, the ones that everybody kind of jumps into. And then on the third song, it's got to be like really good, too. And then at that point in time, you kind of see them as they are that person as opposed to, oh, I remember that song. I liked that song. You know, you have to have mm-hmm. like cons- consecutive ones that are just like boom, boom, boom. And I feel like that's yeah. probably one thing that DreamWorks 
I mean, they've had good ones, but, you know, they've also had things that have, haven't have hit home as well as others. They've had stinkers. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, I This is my favorite illumination by considerable margin, for sure. Um, yeah, good deal. I, I like I liked it Kay. much better. Did you guys get the Easter egg from the movie Sing? That's what oh, yeah. I want to talk about. Okay, <laughs> so can we stop for a minute and just talk about what we think about seeing from what we've seen so far. I'm not, I don't know. I feel like there's a way to do it right, but I feel like if they, I don't know. <laughs> See, like, I feel like kind of the, the building a movie around the, the, the game show of a singer is something that should have been done like 10 years ago. Well, they already did it with Shrek 2 in the, after the credits. True, but I mean, this is like the entire movie is based around this. And I think at this point, if they go at it in a way of saying like, hey, we understand that this is faux pas, but we're going to do it anyway, then it'll be faux funny. Faux pas, get it? Faux pas. Because they're anthro? <laughs> yeah. I have two minds about Sing. One, I I do agree about the contest, but I'm okay with that. But in uh, the jukebox musical... It's kind of, but I'm okay with that too. Um, but uh, but the whole save the theater, that to me is more played out than the singing con- contest. You know, this save the school, save the theater, save the restaurant, save the barn, save the. You know, you've seen that a million times. Rockadoodle, and, gotta save the barn. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. In, in Home on the Range, they gotta save the farm, and uh, <laughs> and so that part of it is like, oh, but. I really think this character of Rosie, the pig, mm-hmm. it's like, like what a great character this could be for an animated film to have like kids having a character that's like a frazzled housewife. That's like so interesting to me. And yeah. you know that maybe they could actually look at maybe their moms in a different way if this character's done right. Not saying yeah. their moms are all frazzled housewives, but I don't know. I just think this could be a really interesting sort of experience for kids to see maybe their mom in a new light that they might not have seen before. And so I'm really intrigued about that character particularly. And uh, so I'm kind of hopeful about it. I think you hit the nail on the head there because it would be one thing to just make a full-length film on a cheesy singing contest. I think what they're trying to do is make it like there's something at stake here. And they really do it with that um, gorilla from Britain Mm. with his thing because he has lived a life of crime Mm -hmm. and it's expected of him from uh, his father. And in fact, you see in the preview that his father is very disappointed that he wants to chase his dream um, in in this contest. And apparently there's going to be something where he's basically leaving his dad on the hook. Um, And so... I think that stuff like that will will resonate with people. And I think that the fact that it, you know, like the little piggy housewife, like she has something at stake because she's obviously ignored and underappreciated at home. You know, her, her you see that her husband, I think, is probably voiced by Nick Offerman. And, um, and he doesn't really care, you know. And... Um, so, I, I don't know. I think they're going to introduce some characters that they... Oh, there's like the tiny mouse who's like, that prize money, it's mine. <laughs> I love the... He's so intense. And then, of course, they're going to have the crazy, slightly creepy 
characters that you're supposed to laugh out laugh at like the the one pig you know and um and so i don't know it's going to be really interesting as far as anthropomorphic movies go um i'm gonna i'm gonna see it because it'll be interesting to see something a lot less something less dark than what zootopia was not that Zootopia didn't have its lightheartedness or its happy points, but I just feel like Illumination's films on the whole are a little more bright and positive. And, mm-hmm. you know, to some people that would be like, that might make the story weak or might, you know, make their films less accessible or less, like, mature. But I don't know. I kind of like that stuff um, as well. well I, I don't discount the value it comes out. It comes out on Christmas Day, which I think will be fun uh, to see a comedy on Christmas. And, and- smart. Yeah, and uh, and everything else that's coming out during that time is pretty dark. You've got Rogue One, which is supposed to be a pretty dark Star Wars movie, and you have uh, Passengers, which is a dark sci-fi movie, and Assassin's Creed, which is a dark more like Assassin's Crud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it, I think that it could be a real upper, hopefully. Yeah. And I have no problem with comedies for kids. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Just don't say the animation is for kids, or I'll beat you up. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right we, well we had a twitter listener question and uh we asked who is your favorite character in the secret life of pets we had two answers one of them was leonard <laughs> um and be the other guy boy, leonard be a good boy leonard <laughs> and the other guy said woody so okay thanks um we had someone who <laughs> talked about gidget up there who gidget yay oh um Jeremiah, I who has who Gidget. has not Jeremiah said he, he's not seen it, but from the trailers he really likes Gidget. She's appealingly animated, has a charming voice, and her jokes get a chuckle yeah. from me. And uh, I agree; like she was one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she rocks. I really liked Snowball, but I also liked um, I liked the pig, and I liked um, I liked <laughs> Gidget. Gidget was probably my favorite. I liked Gidget too. She was cool, but then yeah. I mean, there's always the the really creepy Marlin voice bird oh yeah, yeah Albert, that was Albert weird guy. Was yeah Gidget weird. and Chloe Chloe were my favorite mm-hmm. oh Chloe Chloe was great oh, the rest of the funny. cast was kind of useless I mean there was the dachshund that could go up high but <clears throat> I think that was Hannibal Buress and um, some of the other casts I think they could have just kind of not had them come along <laughs> <laughs> just leave yeah. them at home Max was Max was cute yeah. All right. So, what would y'all rate this? I'm gonna give it three, three solid stars. Three very solid stars. All right. All right. Me next. Um. Uh. So I have to give them some credit because I think it's their best movie. Um. So I'm gonna be a generous, and I'm gonna go three and a half. Three and a half. Awesome. Um, I'm going to be super generous and give it four stars. I really enjoyed it. Um, I probably would see it again. And it's something that I would like see with my family and show my kids if I had them. And so um, I really think that like, it's not often you see a film that's this bright and this positive that is so successful. Yeah. Think of all the lower budget family animated comedies that come out on video and, and don't get it yet. Or they aren't theatrically released. Um, you know, they just kind of hover in the home market. And, um, you know, sometimes I defend them because I love an underdog, but other times I'm like, you know what? 
the it's great that kids can come to a movie and see a film that's this positive. Like, I don't think there was anything in the film where I would have been like, well, I don't know if I would let kids see that or, or oh, great, they're pushing that agenda or something like that. Like, it was just an entertaining and funny um, yeah. family movie. I mean, this is a lot better than Angry Birds. <laughs> Talk about overhyped. <laughs> oh, freaking Angry Birds. Yes, very well said. This was miles above Angry Birds. My name is Kelsey. I am an aspiring animator in Minnesota, and I was calling um, just to thank you guys for everything you do and to comment a little bit on The Secret Life of Pets. Um, so I actually haven't seen this movie. I have to admit, I'm a little bit Illumination Entertainment. I'm, I'm a little bit out of the loop with them right now because of um, minions. Uh, I, I know I want to support animation in all of its forms, as I am an aspiring animator like Mason, but um, I just, I there was a lot of butt jokes, and I know there's a place for that, And um, but it was really hard for me to place Minions in the same bracket as, like, Inside Out and um, all these beautiful films by Pixar. Um, and then the, the funny, I guess, was the main turnoff for me in the, the little uh, – the advertisement for for Secret Life of Pets, because, of course, there's the poop joke and everything, and, and, and it's fine. Um, I know that there is a place, and kids love that kind of thing, but I guess my question for you is, um, is, there, is there a place for, like, is there a deviation, deviation between kids' movies, movies specifically aimed at kids, and more of the family movies, like Pixar, um, the Finding Dory, The Good Dinosaur, Inside Out, those that have a little bit more of a deeper sense of humor, a deeper meaning to it than something like Minions, which is very much about um, the side characters and the, I guess, the butt jokes. So um, I wanted to know if you find, you know, a delineation between those two, if you divide them in any way or if you bracket those all together, because I do think there seems to be quite a divide there thanks so much i love everything you guys do mason i love all of your um, nerdy animation knowledge and i really love chelsea and morgan's appreciation for story and themes and i love hearing your guys opinions thanks again bye hi rotoscopers this is hannah leaving my thoughts on the secret life of pets i enjoy it but it could have been a lot better the trailers made it look a lot more entertaining than it was. It ended up just being a Homeward Bound type story. And that's not a bad thing. It's just I was expecting something else. I didn't particularly care for Max and Digit. Not not Digit. Oops. Duke. I feel like the side characters were a lot more entertaining, and I would have rather had the film all about them. Snowball, Digit. All those, and I kind as a pet owner myself, I take issue with the fact that I her name slips my mind. I apologize. That Max's owner decides to get a much bigger dog. 
in a tiny apartment. So obviously there's going to be territorial issues. So that, but that's just me. Overall, I'd give the film three out of five stars. And as for your show, I'm willing to give it 4.75 stars out of five because I need more Thunder Tube. Anyways, thanks for being awesome. Anna. <laughs> so glad that you guys were able to join us today what is our next film i'm looking it up i think it's oh, ice age it is ice age oh. collision course which i'm actually i will be seeing that tomorrow morgan and i will be going to see that tomorrow and oh, so boy. we should be having a good old time with that have any um, of us seen the previous four films all of I them? have seen not all of them i've seen um, one and two I and i only recognize about them. half of the cast right now <laughs> everybody has a girlfriend yeah. 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 I did three, see four three. Yeah. There I was a di- there was a dinosaur three. one, right? And then there was like a plate tectonics one or was that the climate change one? I don't remember. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to look that up. But I will be seeing it tomorrow, so yeah, we'll move that way. Um so oh, well, for show it, notes. It's their it's for, their cash cow, they gotta do it. Yes. So if you've seen any of the Ice Age movies and you're like, Hey, I wanna see this, definitely go see them. And give us your review on voicemails. Go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or give us a call at 406-646-6575. Also, you can find all the Rotoscopers notes and show notes for this movie. It's going to be posted. The audio version will be posted next Friday and it will be available for you at rotoscopers.com slash 127. Be sure to make comments on there and let us know your reviews and your opinions and everything. And if you're if you are tweeting about this or posting this on social media anywhere, make sure to use the hashtag animatics or animatics127. Wow, 127. Oof. Look at us go. We did it, folks. We still do have <laughs> we've had quite a few uh, purchases of our Roto shirt and I still have some left. So definitely Woo-hoo. take a look. Go to rotoscopers.com slash store to buy yours because you know you wanna sport that. Subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher Radio, Hypable, Animated Views, Social Media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Everything you wanna know, you can find us Rotoscopers individually. Awesome. My name is Chelsea Robson. You can find me at C-H-E-L-S-E-A-R-O-B-S-O-N, Chelsea Robson, on Twitter, website, on my website, also Instagram, and Snapchat. But Snapchat, you'll have to do Chelsea M. Robson. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, what about you, Rachel? Do you have, what, what do you, what, how do we get a hold of you on social media? Yeah, so I am, uh, my YouTube channel is Rachel's Reviews. And uh, my website is 54 Disney Reviews. Uh, and then I met Smiling LDS Girl at uh, all the social medias. And also, I just want to give a quick plug on the Rotoscopers website. We've been doing reviewing all the Disney canon films. That's right. And uh, all the writers. And so they're really good. Definitely uh, make sure to check those out. Yeah. Can I just say this? We have the best writers ever. We have like we the really best do. website staff. They've been awesome. I really loved reading them. So 
We're also, if you are interested in becoming a writer, we do have that available. You can check out the website for more info on that, on how to apply to be a Roto Writer. Yep, you will. You will be. You'll go through a gauntlet of requirements and uh, interview processes. Um, you will be grilled on your knowledge of animation. Um, you will swear your allegiance to us with a blood pact, and that's uh, just standard procedure with us. Yeah, you know. But anyway, uh, sh- again, shout out to our fabulous patron uh, patrons. If you want to learn more about how to support the Rotoscopers, you go to rotoscopers.com/patreon or rotoscopers.com/patron. You can make a monthly contribution and enjoy awesome Roto perks like uh, the Roto Nation super secret Facebook group. That's where we all talk every day about animation. It's like our secret club. And uh, we're like Scientology. You pay us enough money, you can get closer (laughs) access to us. (laughs) But um, we also, um, thanks to our patrons, we can do this video format um, and we have our nice equipment uh, and we can go out and see um, the new re- new re- newly released animated films when they come up. And we also do patron choice. When we are not covering recently released films, we are covering what you choose us to cover, uh, meaning you, the patrons. And so uh, if you want to be a part of that action, then um, learn more about how to support us on rotoscopers.com slash patron. We didn't mention your social media, Mason. Just oh, throwing at, that out there. At MasonSMTX on Twitter and Instagram. And then... I do have a website, masonsmithportfolio.com. You can check out my student work and uh, give me a job if you're from DreamWorks or Pixar or Disney. Or, bl- or um, freaking... Uh, uh, real, illumination. Uh, yeah, or Illumination or Real Effects up in Dallas. Boy, would I love to be a Dallas snob right around in a Mercedes. A, you would be a great Dallas snob. I would. I'd put longerns <laughs> in front of my... on the grill you, of my there car. There would be no you know? reason for you to cut your hair ever at that point. Oh, just let it flow in the air as you're Just call me the down. shaggy dog. No newsy, <laughs> no newsy caps for me. I'm going to be one of those different animators, you know, with a full head of hair. There you yeah. go. No, there you go. I, I won't be... I, I swear, as long as I'm an animator, I won't wear any newsy caps or tight black V-neck shirts. But until then, until then, no promises. <laughs> and after that, when I'm retired and I'm like 70 years old, then I'll wear them all the time. Bring them out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank, Thank you, guys. everybody, for listening. We love you guys. We love the people on chat. And we, I think we had like 24 viewers. So uh, I guess people really Yay. wanted to learn more about Secret Life of Pets. So they're, they're sharply declining now that we're... Now that we're wasting time with the ending. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, we We are are the Scoopers. Hold on. Hold on. There's a a Dragonite right outside my door, and I have to catch it real quick. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I don't have Pokemon Go, but it's officially sweeping the entire world. And I heard that they put a gym in Rockin' R Ranch, Chelsea. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, they did. So, um, yeah, so I, I perform on the weekends, and the place that I perform is called the Rock and Our Ranch. It's in Mesa, yep. Arizona. And so every, they also do a lot of private events there. So you got a lot of people that are always coming in, checking in, doing whatever. And so apparently there is an algorithm. Google knows everything about us. And yeah, so. Yeah. They know where people are. They know where people hang out, where randomly go and they show know. up. They just know. And so 
The Rock and Our Ranch <laughs> is one of those places that people end up frequenting quite frequently. And oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds like you're really popular. Enough. Enough that they put a gym right in the place where I sing every weekend. And so it's basically at my house. But that, that's I, good, right? That means that you get more traffic, you know, when you perform. You would think so. You would think so. It's just really funny just because you'll see but all the- these <laughs> large groups of kids walking around with their phones just like this and not talking to each other. I mean, not, they're in a large well, group, they but they're just like, they're like, oh, look, oh, you got them over here. Oh, OK. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I've seen these pictures on, on Twitter where they're like, oh, Pokemon Go for paying customers only. And I really want to <laughs> put one up there. Dude, that's that's so, cool. That's cool. I mean, you got to defend it's It's your property. Like, it's not public. And you don't want to deal with, like, 50, like 50 yeah, high yeah, school, college go. age kids running around mispronouncing Rattata and thinking it's Rattatat <laughs> um, all day. And so uh, Pokemon Go, man, we're... I don't know. I, I almost feel like we should do a whole nerdy couch discussion on it just because it's such a <laughs> cultural and technological phenomenon. But It really is pretty incredible. For so, better or worse. Yeah. So anyway, I forgot to explain what the show is even about. So if you're new here and you've just heard us listen to us ramble about Pokemon Go, like, 